The reading is from Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbour or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. Amen. The Gospel reading is from uh, St. John, chapter 12, verses 20 to 34. Among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Gentiles, They approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and the two of them went to tell Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In very truth, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies... It remains that and nothing more. But if it dies, it bears a rich harvest. Whoever loves himself is lost. But he who hates himself in this world will be kept safe for eternal life. If anyone is to serve me, he must follow me where I am. There will be my servant. Whoever serves me will be honoured by the Father. Now my soul is in turmoil, and what am I to say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing by said it was thunder they heard while others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus replied, this voice spoke for your sake, not mine. Now is the hour of judgment for this world. Now shall the prince of this world be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I shall draw everyone to myself. This he said to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Thanks be to God. From that reading we've just heard from John's Gospel, chapter 12 and verse 32. Jesus says, And when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the words that you give to us in the scriptures and we pray now for your Holy Spirit to come and breathe into these words.
and bring them to life for us so that we might live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Many years ago now, I remember going to preach at a little village chapel and in the pulpit there was a notice to the preacher. No one else could see it, only the preacher could see it. And uh, it said, please, sir, we want to see Jesus. And it was not only um, meant perhaps as uh, a timely reminder to the preacher themselves uh, to focus on Jesus rather than focusing uh, on themselves, which can sometimes happen. But also, as we heard from the gospel reading today, a direct quote from John 12, verse 21, which refers to some Greeks who come asking to see Jesus. Please, sir, we want to see Jesus. And John tells us that these Greeks had come to worship uh, at the festival of the Passover in Jerusalem. So from that we can probably infer that they were uh, Greek Jews or Greeks who had been converted to Judaism, who had come to Jerusalem to celebrate that particular festival. But the significance of this that John tells us that they were Greek is that they were in many ways foreigners to the region. And when Jesus hears uh, this request to see him from these Greek, these foreign visitors, instead of saying, oh yes, come in, he then takes the opportunity to talk about this as being a sign of the hour, his hour, that had come. And by that he meant, obviously, the moment to fulfill his God-given mission, the reason why he was there, which was to come and to suffer and die in order to bring salvation to the earth. You might remember on other occasions, particularly in John's Gospel, uh, Jesus had said that his hour had not yet come. But now it clearly has. And it begins with this inquiry to see Jesus. And of course the significance of the inquirers being Greek therefore emphasized and underpinned the universal nature of the salvation that Jesus was offering, not just for a select group of people as the Jews thought that they were, but for everyone. The hymn that uh, Charles Wesley's great hymn, Let Earth and Heaven Agree, concludes with the great words that he sums up in his final verse, for all my Lord was crucified, for all, for all my Saviour died. 
The thing is, though, that we don't actually hear whether the Greeks in the end did see Jesus or not. Which really leads us to think that in many ways their appearance and their request to see Jesus is really more of a device that leads us into the whole question of what it means to see Jesus in the first place. What does that actually mean to see Jesus? Once again, as we find so often in John's Gospel, this passage is actually linked to the events that precede it. And uh, if you look in your Bible, you will see that the event that immediately precedes this request by these Greeks who come looking for Jesus, what immediately precedes it is the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which is significant because in that very public event, the whole of Jerusalem saw Jesus. He was seen by all the crowds that gathered there. But as we later hear, as the story of the passion unfolds, and as we will be hearing again in the next week or so, they saw Jesus but they didn't really see him. Because when it came to the request that Pilate then puts to the crowd, the same crowd, of whether to release Jesus or Barabbas, who do they call for but not Jesus, but Barabbas? They saw Jesus, but they didn't see him. Which Jesus then goes on to spell out in the rest of this passage, particularly when he says, when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. John makes a commentary on that particular statement by he says that he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. But there's so much more to it than just that. Being lifted up from the earth, of course, is a description of the horrific, dreadful method of execution that the cross represented. Where the victim was tied or sometimes nailed to the cross while it was still on the ground... And then it was literally lifted up. Lifted up and left the victim hanging there. The means of death in crucifixion was not necessarily the excruciating pain, but asphyxiation as the victim literally ran out of the energy 
to keep pushing himself up to breathe. Yet, of course, being lifted up also had another side to it and a reason why it was so popular with the Romans. The very, this very public means of execution was not only there to punish the victims, but also to be seen as a very public deterrent for anyone else. This is what you get. So the cross was therefore something for all to see. But here again we have this double meaning of what it means to see the cross of Jesus. That on one level it is, as we see it, it is a means of torture and death. But for those who can see it, for those who can see beyond it, it is also the means of life. But to those who want to see that, in order to see that it is a means of life, you have to look at Jesus through different eyes. Not with ordinary sight, but with the sight of faith. Which then leads us to look again at everything else with different eyes too, including ourselves, including what we live for, including our passions, as we were thinking about earlier, including our hopes and our expectations and the things that drive us, the things that we are living for, we look at those things, we see them through different eyes. We see them through the cross. We see them through the eyes of faith. When it becomes not a symbol of death for us, but a symbol of life for us. When that happens, when you see this as a symbol of life for you, not death, then you see everything else differently. Everything else is changed. Everything else is almost turned upside down. So Jesus says in verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Fundamentally, it is to see your life in a different way. What are you here for? What are you living for? Are you just here for yourself? Or is there something more? And when Jesus talks about using this word hate, we might suddenly be shocked by that, hating one's life. But we need to see it in the context in which it appears. The Greek word that is used here, again, sorry for using the 
Greek again, but the Greek word that is used here is the word misson, which doesn't only mean hate in the sense to, to, to hate, to detest, but it means to reject. Hating your life, therefore, is not meant to be, in a sense, a negative, destructive thing. But it's really about hating or rejecting the narrow definition that the world puts on life. And to see that there's something more to it. There's something more that many people in this world simply cannot see. If you see life not with human sight, but with what we might call spiritual insight, then everything changes. Jeremiah, God says, I will write my law where? On their hearts. They will follow me, not by following a set of rules that they can see and they can read, but they will follow me because my law, my spirit, will be in them. And when my spirit is in them, then they will see what to do because they will know it instinctively because it's in their heart. That's what happens when we see Jesus not with human sight, but with the eyes of faith. When we see Jesus not with the eyes, but with the heart. When we see Jesus lifted up, not as a crucified victim, but as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Yes, he is lifted up, but he is lifted up above the earth as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. When we see his arms outstretched upon the cross, not as a sign of death, but as an invitation of God's love to come to him. And experience his embrace. When we see ourselves, not just for ourselves here, but we see ourselves through the cross being given a God-given purpose and reason for being here with an eternal destiny. The difference between those two ways of seeing could not be greater. And the way in which Jesus contrasts these two ways of seeing, he spells out in the final passage of this text. It's like trying to see in the dark or seeing in the light. Seeing Jesus with the eyes of faith is literally seeing the light. And when we see Jesus through the eyes of faith, everything else is changed. Jesus says, walk in the light so you might become children of light. Thanks be to God. Amen.